The whole room is built with stonework, except you're coming in from the south on this map, and that whole wall to the south and to the east is not stonework, but raw stone, as if this entire structure was built against the side of the mountain. And Cena, you sense that this entire wall of stone from the door you're coming through is emanating with this necrotic and transmutation magic. And the last thing you see is that up from the ceiling is dangling none other than the Lord of the Tieflings, strapped and hanging upside down by a chain. What did I say to you before you left the throne? (laughs) My memory, it is hazy. I said that I would kill you with my bare hands. And Mads will clap his hands together. There's a crunch and a squelch and a splattering of blood as this tiefling vanishes between the palms of this giant. Then all is silent save for a few buzzing flies. You're a man of your word, Mads, and I appreciate that. Um... From the entire back wall of this banquet room, the wall that was part of the mountain's natural rock formation, you can see magically stepping out of it is Fjall. He looks the way he appeared in his visage, but now he's physical and he's as large as Mads. And stepping out with him are six fleshy monstrosities, their bodies made up of dozens upon dozens of dried out corpses, and the perfumey essence permeates the air almost immediately. The flies are buzzing around them as they approach you. Mads, your thumbs go into Fjall's skull, but he doesn't clench up or react. He stays calm, and you kind of see him smile as he says, I got it. You all feel this tremendous quake in the ground as this massive spike comes up from beneath Mads and pins him against the ceiling like a giant stalagmite. The road is long, but the world is small. One should never tread where the giant's feet may fall. The road is long, but the world is small. Cause you can crush any man in the way when you're standing tall. Thank you.
return to a scene where the wizard Fjall is fleeing down the hallway, with Firdas close behind. The wizard staggers, blinded from having Mads' thumbs shoved into his eyes. Mads is currently in the banquet hall, skewered on the stalagmite that juts out from floor to ceiling. Cena is attending to him. Creed and Bogdana are fighting off five different kaijus. Firdas had just failed to cast Feeble Mind on the wizard, and I think when we cut back, we should see what Cena is doing with Mads. Okay, so she is going to first use a third level spell, a second level spell slot, to gain back her two sorcery points for her metamagic adept feat, and then she is going to use her remaining fourth level spell slot to cast Shatter on the stone spike centered at the base of it so that it only reaches 10 feet and Mads isn't isn't affected. How do we resolve damage? Yeah, 5d8. 16 plus... That's 22 points. Yeah, 22 points of damage on the stone. Cena, give me a deck save uh, with advantage. Thank you for that advantage. 14. The entire base of this column erupts with this terrific noise, both from the shattering stone, but also the shattering spell and the sheer ear-piercing noise that it makes when you cast it. And Cena, you leap up into the air knowing full well what's going to happen as this shrapnel just flies across and splinters some of the tables and it lodges itself into this pillar next to man's and some of it scatters across long ways far down the to the end of the room and as the base of this pillar has now been taken out from under it the whole stalagmite becomes sort of a reversed stalactite dangling from the ceiling and the weight of mads and the weight of this stone just dislodges it from the ceiling as it hits the ground and topples over and uh, Mads give me a con save okay damn I didn't think about this I have a plus 10 to con saves (laughs) Uh, that's a 26 you come toppling down to your side with this massive stone spike Uh, it doesn't do any additional damage but it doesn't feel good either and uh, he's now laying before you, Cena, still paralyzed and still shish but free from his uh, entrapment. Okay, okay, I can fix this. So, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna try to pull you off of this thing. It's not gonna feel good, but I can fix whatever happens afterwards. You should let the bard do it. It's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> Bard. You look over and you see Creed kind of pinned up against the wall and there's these two giant stone dwarf statues that he's kind of cowering behind as these t- monsters. They're kind of playing a game of uh, old-timey Marx Brothers like back and forth as he goes around these pillars trying to dodge their attacks and evade them. Bogdana's going up against the four-armed creature over by the fountain. Okay, cool. How far apart are these creatures from each other? If you were going to try and do some sort of area attack, the four over by Creed would be adjacent to each other. Okay, so the four over by Creed. I'm going to cast Call Lightning at the sixth level. Shit, okay. 
That's 31 points of damage. All of their dexes are plus three. Okay. <clears throat> Croc. That's a pass. Crab is a fail. Spider is a pass. Ankylosaurus is a pass. So everyone passed except for the crab. Okay. Do they take half? Yes. And it was 30. 31. Cena, as this chaos goes around these two dwarven statues, you can see out the windows that Feardos shattered. There's just blue sky all across the desert. Until you cast your spell. Wisps of vapor begin to swirl against the sunlit sky. They grow thicker and they start to become tumultuous. And the sky darkens and then there's a thunderous crack as more of these glass windows explode from a bolt of lightning that strikes the group of aberrations. The bodies that make up their various parts go scattering across the banquet hall, reducing the kaijus in size. Creed scrambles backwards across the floor and tries to rub the flash out of his eyes as the crab, spider, ankylosaurus, and the croc all struggle to regain their senses. Creed, come over here, please. In this moment of the distraction, he uh, scrambles down towards where you guys first came in and then makes his way below Bogdana as she's fighting the forum creatures and he's going to try and reach you. We're going to cut over to Fyrdasa. You've been chasing the wizard down this hall and you failed to cast your spell just a moment ago. What happened back then? What did you do? I guess I'll try something. A little more simpler. Take this, you charlatan. And I'm going to cast at him um, Erupting Earth at 6th level. Okay. Actually, no, wait, it's 7th level is the spell slot I have left. Um, yeah, I choose a point I see on the ground uh, within range. Uh, I'm within 120 feet of him, right? Yep. All right. And uh, a fountain of churned earth and stone um, erupts in a 20-foot cube centered upon that point. Each creature within that area must make a deck saving throw. A creature uh, takes 7d12 um, bludgeoning damage on a failed save. 14 deck save. That does not beat my DC, so he fails. Oh. Now I gotta roll this d12 a whole bunch of times. <laughs> That'd be good. Eight, five, four, nine, three, five, and eleven. Forty-five damage. What kind of damage? Uh, bludgeoning. Okay. The last thing you see are this wizard's feet as he's flipped upside down as the earth comes up from beneath him and he's on the far side of it so it's separating you two and there's an eruption of rubble and debris and you hear him kind of call out as he tumbles down and then from the other side uh, you can hear him kind of moaning in a, in a heap and he says <laughs> Fear toss. If only you had taken <coughs> my offer, we would have made powerful allies. You are all lies. 
You can hear him moving on the pavement on the other side of this thing. Um, it sounds like he's trying to stagger to his feet. And then you hear... It, what you know is the sound of magic, since you are a caster yourself. You just can't quite identify what kind of magic. What do you do, Fyrdos? Yeah, I, I hear that, and I'm going to uh, turn into a tiger. Okay. This hallway is pretty well taken up by this uh, sort of volcano shape that you've created from the earth, but as a tiger, you would be able to squeeze around the side of it if you wanted to. Yeah, I would like to do that. Okay, so you're making way towards that. Sina, what's happening? Creed is about halfway to you, and Bogdana's currently struggling a little bit. She's struggling a little bit? All right. Third level guiding bolt on the uh, one-armed creature, or on the forearm creature. Okay, so that's a 23 against the forearm creature. His AC is 11. Okay, cool. So it's going to be... 66. That sucks! It's 15 points of damage. Three ones. <laughs> okay. That's rough. <laughs> so it's 15 points of radiant damage. Oh, radiant. That turns into 30. This bolt rips through the air and hits the forearms directly in the shoulder and it it knocks him backwards uh, a few steps, and you can see Bogdana is currently going down to her knees, trying to, to keep herself together, but you can see her, her face is starting to look a little pale as she's growing faint. Creed is now at your side, and the forearm creature is going to start pursuing him, believing Bogdana to be out of commission. In fact, you see Croc and Anki and Spider and Crab have started moving your way as well. Oh my god. What do you want to do? Fucking okay then. She's gonna turn to the bard and say, Get Mads off of that thing. Pull him off of it. Alright. Alright, I think it's time. Seventh level, call lightning. Fuck. If they're all converging on me, can I wait until they get close enough to get all of them? Okay. And then call lightning, seventh level, and she's going to use channel divinity to deal max damage. All right. So I need all of them to make a dexterity saving throw. DC 13. It's a fail. It's a pass. That's a meet, which means... Meets it beats. Yeah, but they... You could say either one meets the other, so which one meets... Which one beats If it meets, meet? it beats. It beat. It passed. <laughs> Because when I was listening back, a meat beat was went to the attacker against Fyrdos last week. Okay. I mean, we literally told you it, but you know, whatever. No, you said it meets and beats, but that doesn't tell me which one is the meat that beats. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, I'm going to look it up on my own time. Two lost, two got it. Two failed, two passed. So the two that failed take 70 points of lightning damage. Holy shit. And the two that passed take 35. 35. Actually, let's call it thunder damage. I get, I get to, I get to pick which one. So. Oh. All right. There's another flash and another tremendous crack. This one was much greater than the one before it, and you see multiple corpses fly off of these aberration kaiju's and. 
One of them is from the crab that explodes into his several bodies, whatever was left of it. And the crocodile as well explodes and the bodies fly across the room. They hit tables, they shake the chandeliers. One of them gets lodged in the three-tier fountain. The other two, the spider and the ankylosaurus, they're about half their size. Um, and you see that they're limping uh, and uh, Bogdana is still laying there on the floor. The forearms is coming from the south direction. Creed's going to roll a strength save, or a strength check. Have a guidance, Creed. <laughs> what does that get him? It's a d4. Yeah. It was enough. Um, Creed braces himself on his artificial leg and uses the springiness that you've imbued into this thing. And he pulls on Mads, and nothing happens. He pulls again, and nothing happens. And then the third pull, he starts to slide a little bit on his own blood. And then he pulls him as the spike gets thinner at the top. Mads slides off of it, and uh, it does not feel good, Mads. But again, you, you don't physically take any damage as he pulls you off. But now you're starting to kind of bleed out a little bit. So whatever you're going to do, uh, Cena, you, you would uh, be aware that... It's got to happen soon. Cena's going to use that ring that she has and use it to cast Power Word Heal. Oh, shit. All I of his hit points that. are restored and it <laughs> removes the paralyzed condition. Fuck me. Get <laughs> and like Popeye with, Get a, ca- with a can of goddamn spinach. Mad stands <laughs> fucking back up, picks up his goddamn axe, and goes to work. I forgot you had that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> the mountain works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Excuse me, Cena. Yes? I would like to rage. And Mads will start foaming at the mouth and he will charge in uh, at whatever aberrations are left and start swinging his axe with reckless abandon. Yeah, just take all three. <laughs> Oh, fuck. He just jumps on a Mario style and they just like <laughs> flatten and disappear. <laughs> I think the first one, Mads will uh, just raise the axe up and just vivisect the first one, like going through as many of the bodies as he possibly can. And then the third one, he just brings it back from low and vivisects them like the opposite direction that he did last time again and then the last aberration he kind of like does sort of a feint at it like you know trying to intimidate it a little bit and it sort of like jumps back a little bit and then Mads just brings the uh, battle axe down um, in a long low sweep takes its legs out from under it and then just brings down the axe into the center mass uh, once it hits the ground and uh, he'll look for anything else to kill. <laughs> this four-armed creature comes down with your uh, your bludgeoning force and smashes into the fountain and the whole three-tier fountain is toppled backwards and the, the back wall breaks out and the whole all the water starts to spill across this dining area. And as you look around, you see nothing but just bodies everywhere just corpses scattered across this place and your own friends staring at you with probable relief on their faces where is Fial? 
Mads, you see a, tr- a thin trail of blood leading out the door to where you uh, had your battle with Fjall. I will sprint following the blood trail. Okay. Bogdana starts to come to, and you pass through this threshold to find this volcanic level mountain inside this hallway. Um, it's a little tight for you to fit. What are you going to do? I'm going to try and crash through it. 23. <laughs> yeah, you approach the left side of this uh, mountain of stone with reckless abandon and smash right through it. And part of the wall breaks out and you can kind of hear the ceiling above you start to crack and creak a little bit as you wedge your way through between the mountain and the wall. And on the other side, you find uh, the trail of blood continues down around the corner. Feardos, you just heard this tremendous crash behind you and you're almost caught up to this blind creature and he's kind of got this this blue aura about him and he's uh, his, his blood seems to have cauterized a bit. What do you want to do? You're getting to the end of your rope. You do not survive this day. My rope will go on long after you're dead and gone. Perhaps... But I know what's at the end of it, regardless. Um, give me a dex. Just a check. Feared us. Oh, fuck. 19. You move considerably quicker than he does. Uh, what is your action that you want to take? I would like to, um, sort of parkour, like, from the floor to the wall to the floor to the other wall, and then, like, get up to him. Claws out. Ready to, ready to pounce. He can hear you coming, and you can see him kind of brace himself, not sure exactly where to turn. Uh, what happens when you do this? If I'm doing the move here, the tiger gets a move. If I um, move uh, 20 feet towards a creature before hitting it with the claw attack, the target must succeed on a DC 13 strength save or be knocked prone. And if the target is prone after I hit it, I can take a bonus action to take another uh, bite attack against it. If you all passed. Alright, so yeah, I don't knock him prone, but I get him with my claws. What's the damage? 5 plus 3 and 8. He staggers back against the wall and you see all of this happen, Mads, and you can see the the blood running from his eyes has turned to a solid against his face and it's darkened and his wounds all around him have seemed to uh, stop. It hasn't healed much, and he looks at you two, uh, or he faces you two, and he says, Wait. I have a proposition for you. There is only one thing you can offer me that I would accept. You see his face kind of lower down towards the ground. You know what it is, don't you? It's a pity. Mads, give me a dex check. 10 plus 4, 14. You beat his. You see his hand flicker, and he raises it up with a green glow above it. What do you do? Uh, I am going to hit him with my glaive and my final level 4 smite. That's a 24 to hit. That's That beats his AC. Okay. All right, friends. So it's 19 slashing damage and then uh, 17 
radiant. There is an explosion of green light as you bring your glaive down upon him, and you and the tiger are sent one way back down this hall, and the wizard is sent the opposite direction further up the hall, and you all smash into the various walls, and when he collapses after the light is diminished, you see him uh, staggering. Uh, He he looks (laughs) very crippled up, and he's going to start crawling down the hallway some more uh, in, in around the corner, but you can you notice that he hasn't gotten to his feet. Yeah, I'll growl and then start uh, running again. Yeah, I will also uh, follow the tiger. As you're approaching the corner where this hallway makes a bend, you can see light from beyond. Uh, it's like, it's starting to glow and then it flickers out and it starts to glow and then it flickers out. You can tell he's attempting something. I'm going to roll for him here and see get, see if he gets it off. Not with that roll. You're able to catch up to him, and he's army crawling across this floor, and you see that one of his legs is kind of dangling behind him. I still... (coughs) I still could do wonders for you. Your nation no longer accepts you after the things I've shown them, but you could... You could join us, and I would, I would give you charge over armies. I would give you riches. You are truly incredible assets. Cousins, may I fulfill my promise now? Do it. I am going to kneel down on his back and grab under his jaw and start wrenching his head off of his torso. The calmness that came from when you did the eye move upon him and he was he knew that he was going to stab you with a spike is, is gone now. Whatever sort of magic he was using to numb the pain has vanished as you hear echoing through these corridors the cries of an old man now defeated dethroned from his power and suddenly after only a few cries they're silenced Mads the head of y'all is tucked in your arms I'll just drop it to the ground and as Mads kind of comes out of his rage he'll uh, turn and look at uh, both of his cousins and he'll say You know, I am reminded of a story. It is of a man who had to destroy everything about himself in order to accomplish something. I think I told it to you once. I think the prophecy has been fulfilled. I will be happy to return to the mountain, but I am not sure that your lives will ever be the same nor those of our companions. Ferdas is going to turn back into a um, giant at this point. I feel hollow. I did not expect that would be my reaction to finally getting Fial out of our lives. He impersonated the mountain. He tricked all of us. And yet, I just killed an old man. 
That's all that was accomplished today. You are right, cousin. His body is slain. But the effects of what he has done, it will take us much more time to to put it all to an end. So you are saying that there is still need of our services? Yes. And I do not think we will be greeted as heroes in this. No. But sometimes, doing what's necessary will not always be seen as right. We must... We must get to the others. Make sure everything is okay. Agreed. Go on ahead. I'm going to gather the old man's remains so we can give him a burial. Yes, cousin. Mads will not. And uh, Ferdos is just gonna, now that he's back in his regular body, he's, you know, still pretty messed up, so he's just gonna start limping his way back and make his way back into that other room. You see Bogdana on the floor trying to come back to her senses a little bit, and the bard is, um, he's checking on the gnome, he's checking on the, the dwarf friend, and, um, there are a lot more corpses strewn about the room than when you just left it a moment ago. I just look over at Cena. Is it done? I nod. It would turn out you are just as strong a warrior as I, in your own way. Maybe stronger. Cena just kind of ducks her head. And she just says, I think strong where it counts is a bit more apt for all of us, I think. You feel her grip around your bi- your your upper arm, and it's very firm. She still has a lot of strength in her as she kind of grunts, and she sits up from her place on the floor. And then she starts breathing and lets up on and says, Thank you for helping me. I am glad that we got through this. Everybody roll me perception. Not Mads. Fuck. Cena's distracted. (laughs) I got a natural one. (laughs) That's a six. (laughs) I'm just going to lay down right here and take a little nap. (laughs) Mads, as you've gathered up the pieces of this old man... You feel them in your hands as they start to kind of shrivel a little bit. And where you once were heaving up the body about comparable to your size and a a head that fed in the crook of your arm, you find yourself holding a limp body that no more the size of a small tiefling. I will uh, make my way out towards the others. They didn't notice, but as soon as you walk through the threshold to join your uh, companions, you look across the far end of the room, and you notice that the other door is open, and there's some dwarves standing there with their mouths agape as they're holding, like, trays of food and cloths and things. <laughs> they're just staring in disbelief at what they see. 
The Mads will turn around and uh, just say, Boo! Yeah, there's a clatter of trays and a splatter of food as these guys turn tail and go back from where they came. As long as I've been playing d and I've always fucking wanted to do that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of this battle, the others that aren't exactly equipped to fight, such as the gnome and the, the dwarf and the and Ivar, um, they were kind of cowering under the tables and behind the pillars, watching everything unfold. And They come out sheepishly and you hear Ivar say, This is not what I expected outside of the circle. <laughs> Nor I, brother. Being outside the circle is all about encountering what you don't expect. What are we going to do now? Continue what we are doing. Fixing all these broken things. I don't think it's uncommon for the tides to change when you cut the heads off a snake, and today we've seen two heads of two snakes, or perhaps two heads of one snake. Either way, they're both cut off. And you think this will end the war and get things back to normality, or is there still more to come? You must remember that... Though magic was part of what they were doing, those ballistas, all of those weapons of war were not destroyed by what we did here today. Well, I can tell you for one thing. None of the dwarves were really in favor of another war, and none of them were in favor of following the tieflings. Now that the leader's dead, I don't think you'll have any trouble convincing them to change sides and team up with you or wherever you you have in mind I would like to go back to my mountain perhaps die there at some point if the mountain is willing this is the only thing I truly desire right maybe it's up to us then you played the part here while we stood by and watched but I could go back to me mates I could tell them the story of what happened. Even the people in this castle here, when they see their leader's dead, I don't think there'll be much convincing to get them to to change. Yeah, I, I think there's something I could do. That sounds good. Right, I'll start with the ones that you scared away and may drop the dishes and whatnot. Have at them. <laughs> he turns on his heel and kind of marches out in the direction of the people went in a panic. After he walks out of earshot, I'm going to say, Do you think he forgot he is a tiefling now? Yes, I do <laughs> believe. Yeah, I think potentially he did. That, that is going to be an awkward conversation with the other dwarves. Hey. Do not ever limit our tiefling friend. Perhaps he'll scare them worse than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. 
Where will you go, Bogdana? I have spent most of my life alone, and I am approaching perhaps the middle of my life. I think I should try something else for a while, and maybe see what the city is like. You help me through one forest, I think I can help you with another. You are not coming to the mountain with me, Sina. Like, Mads looks genuinely confused. I think I should for a while. You must walk where your path leads. I understand. If it won't trouble you, I was thinking of accompanying you to the mountain as well. I would love nothing more. Fiatas. Yes. I can tell by the heat coming in through the windows. I'm the furthest from the circle that I have ever been. I think I should stay here. Would that offend you? Eva. I put my hand on his shoulder and look into his eyes. The circle was in you all along. <laughs> Perhaps I can teach some of the people down here our ways. Precisely. Just be mindful of how you practice the methods of the circle. One day I hope to return to the land of the giants, but on my own, and I will see everything you saw. When I return, we can share stories. Of course. Well, I'm going back to my street corner. I think I did enough to uh, make some memories, so. But, I will say this. Uh, if ever any of you are back in Obergard, you make sure to come by and tell me what you've been up to so I can update the entries in my book. Creed! There is one thing I would like to do before we part ways, if it is all right with you. And Mads will hold out his hand to shake Creed's. He does not. He almost kind of flinches, and then he waits for you to see what you're doing. You have permission to touch me. Well, that's fine. Sure. Yeah, all right. And he gives you a very, as much as he can for a fat bard. A guitar playing firm handshake. Your hands are very soft, as I expected. <laughs> and Mads will uh, let go. <laughs> <laughs> you all hear a, a voice from Cena's breast pocket, and it says, Whoop. Can I come out now? Yes, you can come out. His head pops out, and he says, Hooey! I'm sure glad that's over. Alright, where to next? You think I can still get a job in Skalzikus? I don't think you want one. Well, there is a spot that needs to be cleaned up near the um, tower. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's where I'll head when we go back to the portal room since that was my original destination. You do realize that Destroying the magic probably has destroyed the portals. Oh. It is likely we are going to have to walk. 
Well, that sinks it. <laughs> you see his head go back down into Cena's pocket. <laughs> Mads will kind of look at Cena, who knows way more about magic, and uh, say, "That seems correct." Yes. Yes, I, I have to assume. Well, if we can find a tree, I can get us back much sooner. After a, a long rest, of course. But seeing as how we're in the middle of a desert, that may take some time. What do you guys do? I would start looking for a fucking tree. <laughs> Does a cactus count? I don't think so. Tree of the desert? Kind it of. Does say, <laughs> I mean, the, the spell is like teleport through trees or something like that, so... Well, actually, it says transport via plants. Ooh! Yeah, a large or larger inanimate plant within range. But I, I would have to get a rest before we um, attempt that. So I guess we're at least staying the night here. I'm kind of like, I'm really fucking wiped. I could use a rest after being paralyzed anyway. Huh? It was the largest yes. rock I've ever had pushed through my abdomen so far. Because <laughs> I'm still quite close to death myself. Oh no! Cena took care of uh, the close to death thing. I'm feeling quite well and spry. But still, a rest would be good. You hear footsteps coming from the corridor where they dropped the plates and stuff. And then uh, soon... Uh, this tall tiefling emerges with some, like, four short dwarves behind him. And, um, he says, Well, they all listen to me. No problemo. And he walks up to you, and they, they stand almost at attention like soldiers as they <laughs> fall in line behind him. And he says, Didn't take much convincing. Not really. Just basically told them the story, and, uh, they were all eager to to oblige whatever we need and they're all staring at you nervously and some of them are sweating hello i've never seen this tiefling before <laughs> in my life <laughs> you see him spin around and look around the room that's that's, that's what? not true <laughs> i am just uh how do you say funning you what tiefling you you're a tiefling now god blimey I bloody forgot! <laughs> you can see all the, the four doors look thoroughly confused as he goes on this long, almost indiscernible rant about trying to explain how he became a tiefling and everything and the nonsense about the dinner that you had in the swamp and everything. And eventually, uh, whether they understand or not, they start to get to work. Uh, one of them explains that they're going to make accommodations for you and eventually you are led into one of the, the few corridors down. You're led to kind of a bunkhouse, and they don't have anything your size. The best that they can offer you are these mats on the floor that um, the Cyclops creatures use. And uh, you guys are welcome to call it an evening. The most ungraceful flop <laughs> you have ever seen from a 16-foot-tall giant. <laughs> <laughs> Just, she's down on the ground and she's unconscious. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I think a giant dog pile is in order. <laughs> Night falls and 
I don't think that there is a watch order this time around. Um, everybody thoroughly passes out. And you're awakened through these beams of light coming in the windows, scattering across the floor from these peculiar sort of semi-stained glass windows. And uh, it's morning now and you guys are awakened. What do you want to do? Shall we take your tree portal to the mountain now? Yes. Yes, we should. I think so. It'll be easier to get back to the city from there anyway. I have had a thought, a concerning thought, Bogdana says. Yes? That Lord Amnon is dead. He had those white-faced advisors. How do we know they will not simply take his place? I am not against uh, another round of killing. I don't know if they get along well enough to agree on anything that much. That's important. Perhaps we will find them when we return home. I hope so. Give me survival, Firdos. Nine. You don't know anything about the desert, but you do know generally about plants, and so you're going to tend to look towards any areas that might be more inclined to water and shade and the things that would be more likely to grow in any condition. And uh, you kind of follow along the castle wall for a while, and um, you get some strange looks from the people above standing up on the on the tops. Um, but nobody seems to react, especially since you have a tiefling walking with you. And eventually you come around the corner, and there, sure enough, is... It, it, it is a tall cactus, not compared to you, but just compared to cactuses in general. Well, I think this is our ride home. I can only make it go to a, a tree that I'm familiar with, so we can either return to um, to our makeshift camp that we made outside of Skazakis, or to the Darleg's keg. Or wait... Is, wait, so the one, the tree that I talked to on the, <gasps> that one was still alive, right? Oh my god! Because <laughs> we killed a different tree, right? Oh my god! True. You never killed that tree. Okay, yeah, I'm going Oh to that my one. god! Oh wait, I have a familiar friend. They will be delighted to see us. You mean at the Lumbiard? Yes. Right near the mountain. Is that the one that you accidentally gave an existential crisis to? <laughs> well. Those are the best kind of crises to give people. Or trees, for that matter. It's very true. It, it didn't even have the intellectual tools to deal with it, though. Well, we can talk it out. Eh, I'm sure he'll be happy to see us. Perhaps we can set up some sort of a psychotherapy trust fund for it. <laughs> yes. The Coalition for Traumatized Trees. You know, that lumberyard would be a great place to host a new circle. I agree. Being so near the mountain, I could visit you regularly. I would like that. And I will be your missionary. Yes. I see a great future ahead for us all. So, come now. 
Watch your head and move quickly. It doesn't stay open for long. And I'm going to uh, open a portal within this uh, cactus that will then <laughs> exit through the <laughs> the sentient tree. There is a um, a lone dwarf standing post just outside the front gates, and he sees a cluster of giants and a tiefling over by one of the far corners near the barracks. And then for just a moment, despite all the brightness of the morning light, there seems to glow this illumination before them from something around the corner that he can't see. And they all step behind the wall, and then the light is gone. And he scratches his head and he says, Bug it all. I need to get off these night shifts. Skies turn green, a heavy wind's coming. Whole world shakes as the ground starts drumming. Footfall sounds and the steps land hard. You better clear the way when the giants march. in the hail better hold your hair when the sky turns pale better hit your buggy to the goddamn cart and you better get it running when the giants march 